Hello, and welcome to another edition of No Lice Paranormal Podcast, where three nerdy paranormal investigators sit down and discuss spooky stories from the web. My name is Joe, I'm the lead investigator. My name is Teresa, and I am the researcher. I am your Irish-American druid, your enthusiast of Zimbabwe Yaga. Oh my god. (laughs) And your equipment setter-upper, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I love the attempt at the Irish accent. Yeah, that was. And he just, like, I could tell in his head, he's just like, nah. No, found it. Just let it go. Didn't work. He started with it, and then it was just like, no. No, no. No. Just let it go. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I liked that. So, listen, sometimes you just got to swing and miss, right? It's fine. Yeah, Yeah. fuck it. Oh, you you Casey Jones that month. Yeah, that was bad. (laughs) Uh, Not this week. Last week, I Casey Jones it when I was like, hey, there's no other countries that have Providence in the state. Right. (laughs) I kept my mouth shut. You know what? I apologize, folks. Don't don't come. I'm not a geography tutor. That was was the producer of me, but like, this makes great podcast material, so I'm just going to let it go. Yeah, just let that happen. Uh, but yeah, this week, um, yeah, Illinois took it over, right? Yes. yes Illinois made that jump the quick shark. friggin' leap. Jumped the shark. Yeah. Just <laughs> sprinted right past the other two that were in contention. Right. Yeah, and we're like, here we go. Real quick, did those two make a jump at all, or did they uh, yeah, or anything? That week, no, but, but this I, week? I will, I, I have not looked it up yet. Okay, so let's... Sorry, let's, I jumped the shark. Let's think... You have jumped the shark. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope... That Illinois jumping the shark uh, lit a fire under their butts, and they have since followed suit it and given should. us our episode for next week. Should have lit a fire under somebody, so we'll so, see. Uh, anyway, yes, today we are covering the great state of Illinois. Did you know that the state snack is popcorn? My favorite snacky food. Well, isn't that where, I may be wrong in this, but isn't that where Orville Redenbacher comes from? I have no idea, but that no, would be cool. I don't. Yeah. I have stumped them. First, Not go out the gate. I have no <laughs> friggin' idea. I also uh, want to go ahead and point out that the name Illinois is actually an Algonquin term meaning um, tribe of superior men. What did he what? Where the state gets their name. I had a joke with that, but I'm going to be nice. We're going to let it go. It's fine. Well, no, because it would have got us canceled. So, <laughs> I don't particularly feel like offending anybody today so not today maybe tomorrow um but yeah no illinois is like i don't know if you guys noticed this but doing the research on it like what's up with y'all's roads like you have a lot of haunted roads in illinois it's so true tons that and just tons. stay out of chicago if you don't like ghosts right. yeah because <laughs> yeah Chicago's just ghost central well, so it ties in with Chicago. So. Uh, Orville Clarence Redenbacher was an American food scientist and businessman, uh, born July 16, 1907, in Brazil, Indiana. So it starts with an I. Yes. She could have just said yes or no. Like, yeah. I don't. <laughs> um, well, yeah. we have computers for research. For so he is, is not an Illinois native. He is an Indiana native, and he passed in uh, Coronado, California. As most rich people do. And there's our tidbit of information for the week. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Just so y'all know. See? See? Teaching one student at a time. There you go. <laughs> I had nothing. I went to say I had something in my head and it left. So I also It's one of those weeks, clearly. I also super want to point out that Elgin, Illinois is <laughs> the last place my dad ever got a speeding ticket. <laughs> <laughs> 
You should begin it with random facts about me. <laughs> it's a new segment. I don't right. Yeah. Know. Actually, that might be a good segment, right? Like random facts. Random facts. Not about us, but about just the state we're looking at. Just Whatever. anything Anyways. in general, right? <laughs> all right. Enough. Enough of all that. Malarkey. Joe, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your story? I was. <laughs> Super. Have at it. So, okay. Um, wow, I just uh, jumped the shark on that one. Right. right yeah. Right. Uh, no, this week I typically changed up how I research stuff. I decided to go to the TikTok route and just see what came up with that just because out of sheer boredom one night. Why not, right? Um, Let's be honest. We have plenty of platforms that we could check. Right? right, exactly. And I'm like, I'm tired of using Google for all this. Let me just do this. So, and I found something. Uh, very interesting place in Illinois called Cemetery X by Paranormal Investigators, but it's actually... I apologize. It's on my phone because it didn't print out, and I'm old. Uh, Grove Bachelor it. Cemetery or Bachelor Grove Cemetery. Bachelor Grove Cemetery. Yeah, I've heard of that place. Yes, uh, very interesting place. Mm. Actually, a lot of a lot of things. Like this isn't one of my normal stories where it's just all around the place. Like it seems to be just like a crazy place where ghosts are just pissed off. <laughs> uh, and you guys have never heard of this place at all, right? I have actually heard of it. Okay. All right. So let me get into the story a little bit. But that's okay. I, I want to hear. I want to hear what you got. Yeah. Uh, the main parking area in the Rubio or is at the Rubio Woods Forest Preserve in Cook County, Illinois, USA. Uh, facing south of the parking lot entrance, there are two cell phone towers. On the other side of the, at least I'm saying this right. Milliholden Turnpike? We'll just call it the Turnpike. Uh, to the west of the towers, you will find a vacant road that has become a footpath. The entrance to this path has two wooden pillars with a wire rope axe across them. If you see the closed sign, it only means that it's closed to vehicle traffic. You will find the cemetery near the end of this path, and the cemetery itself is surrounded by a forest preserve <coughs> and contrary to popular belief, sorry, it's on a white background. It's kind of difficult to read. I should know, uh, contrary to popular belief, it can be lawfully visited from sunrise until sunset. Mm. So they let people in there at night sometimes, or you have to get special permission from the state to go. Sure, in. sure. Well, uh, I mean, cemeteries in general are usually open until dusk. Yes, um, but it, uh, we know from Pokemon hunting, they don't let people in after. No, they so, get a little bit aggravated about that. <laughs> they really do. Uh, so yeah, took a little drink there. So, the first legal record of the cemetery occurred when Edward M. Everdeen uh, sold his property to the area to Frederick Schmidt in 1864, reserving and setting aside one acre of land for use at the for a graveyard. According to a 1935 newspaper article, Frederick Schmidt supposedly added additional property and expanded the cemetery in subsequent years. However, there is no hard evidence to any, of any additions to the original acre. It is also mentioned in response to a newspaper article, Pioneers in Peaceful Rest, Bachelors Grove, one of the first cemeteries, lie, lies serene, undisturbed, uh, stating that re relatives of Mr. Everdeen wish it to be made plain that the one acre or so of original cemetery was in existence prior to Smith's ownership. In 18, the 1864 deed and subsequent property transfers only indicate that the cemetery was one acre in size, <coughs> neglecting to give the dimensions of what well, the cemetery itself, pretty much. 
Uh, the de- a deed from 1909, where a portion of the Schmidt property was sold, provides some points of reference to the cemetery's legal description. Uh, again, there's over 200 gravesites in this. Uh, the cemetery was always a hangout spot because of the beautiful scenery and lush atmosphere. Families used to visit their loved ones there and fish in the adjacent pond and have picnics there to, like, I guess that was a thing back in the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, the cemetery became isolated due to the closing of the turnpike, the aforementioned turnpike, and it became a hot spot for drinking parties and even became a lover's lane at one point. Mm-hmm. Of course, with this being isolated and everything, vandalism set it. Mm-hmm. People were coming in, desecrating the graves, doing all this. And in the 1960s and 70s, there was reports of evidence of satanic rituals, attempted grave openings, and robbings from time to time. Even the pond was used by famous gangster Al Capone to use, he used as a dumping site for bodies when he made a hit or something. He would dump the people in there. Yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, Since as far back as the 1950s, story has circulated about the paranormal activity taking place at the Bachelors Grove Cemetery in its immediate area. After well over five decades, many of these tales have now become common knowledge among the local communities. Some of the stories coming out of this place are as follows. A blue light, the caretaker, a disappearing house, a farmer and a horse, the Madonna of Bachelor's Grove, a phantom dog, a red light, the hook, and a yellow man. And of course, the lady in white, which seems to be everywhere. Everybody has. But they actually got a picture of this lady in white. So... uh, before we talk about the lady in white, tell me about this house. I will. Let me There's a whole friggin' house? Yes. Let me go on to it. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, I, cr- I try to set my story up in the way Teresa's going to react to it. <laughs> so, uh, well, I've never heard listen, of a that's a low bar. All right? It doesn't take much. I've never heard of a disappearing house before. Uh, Sarah no. McLaughlin. That, right. that was actually one of the things that struck out to me other than this phantom dog yeah. and a story I will tell later because this one wasn't reported until I researched even further. Mm. But... Phantom House, you don't really hear about uh-uh. at all. Yeah, that's not not a thing. Like a disappearing house that just yeah. It's a little strange. Um, but the lady yeah, in white was uh, actually very Baba Yaga. Up, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not Rooster Feet. Uh, no, we, there's a Baba Yaga statement later on. Um, Here we but go. yeah, this lady in white. Apparently, they caught a yeah. You had me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> they caught a picture of her, and it was actually posted in the, in the Chicago Times. Oh shit! Do you have it? Can um, I see it? I don't have it. On there right now, but you can look it up. Just um, put uh, yeah, "Lady gonna, in White" in. I'm gonna super Google this. Uh, it it was taken before Photoshop and anything of that ilk. So the picture I saw it, it looks like a late an actual lady sitting there, but hard to tell because it actually looks like an actual person. So it's weird. Holy right? shit! Right, it, it's it's different. Um. Anyways. Uh, yeah, that, that story was reported. That one was actually put in the Chicago Times, I believe. Uh, huh. The disappearing house, they've they've looked into it, and they've taken aerial shots of the time from back when. I don't know how they figured it. And they said there could have been a house there, but it's kind of hard to tell because of the forest and everything else. You couldn't really see the house. Sure. But reports of it has been it's an old Victorian house. Uh that has the pillars and everything else, like the old southern houses. Uh, and people see it sometimes, and other times they don't. Normally when they go, they see it the first time they go there, then they go back and they don't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time when they see it, there's always a light 
in one of the windows that's like an old lantern light or a candle light that is just sitting there flickering and whenever they go to approach it it shrinks in size and disappears interesting yeah um yeah it that's that was like it, it's the same account for every story like we saw it this day but we didn't see it this day and there's actually a count of two people going one person saw it the other one did it and then they went back the next day and the person that didn't see it originally saw it again or saw it this time and the other person that originally saw it didn't see it interesting so it seems like I don't know but uh yeah there's also a legend of a phantom dog which that one dates back way far away and they've actually seen it as recently as 2009 oh wow uh yeah there's it's all over the place here um like I said, it's just a cemetery full of stories. I'm not going to get into all of them because I could take up the entire, entire podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one story that did actually come out to me was a story by the ghost hunter named Ghost Hunter Dave. Mm. This was a TikTok thing. Uh, apparently, this guy was all over the place. He's hunted over in Europe. He's hunted in the United States. He's went. He's been all over ghost hunting. And did all this. I've been everywhere. Um, he went there one night under the guise of like he's told this by many many of paranormal investigators that this is the most haunted place in the world. Neat. So he went there to kind of test it, like we all. Yeah, like, I mean, how many times have we heard that? Exactly. Right. Yeah. And uh, apparently, upon doing this investigation, he saw a portal to hell. Wait, what? A portal to hell and a figure an entity as he called it that stepped out of the portal with said phantom dog and was about 12 feet tall dressed in dark clothes with a scarf coming down midway very detailed description the guy went to investigate it further and he dubbed this this entity that he saw as the watcher that's the name that he used for it and he Investigated further, and in his own words, said that that guy is up to no good, and he should not be messed with. And Ghost Hunter Dave was essentially run out of the cemetery, and he was frightened so much. And this should key into you two. He was frightened so bad he left his equipment. Oh my gosh! I would literally like five hundred dollars worth of equipment. He just left there because, and he has never went back since. And quit Ghost Hunter. Holy shit. And five hundred. <laughs> well, that's the thing for us ghost hunters. If you guys are a ghost hunter, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, ghost hunting equipment is very expensive. Yeah, it's super not. And it's just not something you leave around willy-nilly. You 100% don't. You guard yes. that stuff with your life. This guy took off and left his equipment. See that? You, Speaking you, of, I feel like that's an upcoming podcast episode. Is I feel like one thing that we haven't really talked about that we should have, and it should be a discussion for that episode, yes. is... Uh, barrier to entry and like how you actually get into doing it and get right. started doing it and what equipment you absolutely need versus what you could use right yeah, exactly yeah. We'll put it in uh, tears but that's the thing that sensed it in for me with the story that this was actually true because a ghost hunter would not just leave their equipment yeah no that's agreed. unheard of i've never heard of that yeah ever. no mm-hmm. i've heard of maybe left it behind because you forgot to go pick it up yeah, but no, in which case you immediately, you know, make a turnaround and go get it. Right. You don't leave your shit or and quit ghost Like hunting. when I'm ghost hunting, I use the cat balls because they're cheap and effective. You're going to forget a cat. Yeah, but you're going to forget one eventually. You've got 20 yes. of those things floating around a building. Yes. 
one gets kicked under a rug and we just don't see it. Yeah. You know. Right. But five hundred dollars worth of equipment, you're not just going to leave that sitting there. Did you say that this lady in white photo was posted in the Chicago Times? It was one of the Chicago newspapers. I always say Chicago Times because that's just a newspaper to me. Gotcha. But <laughs> it was posted in a lot of other fake newspapers news. As well. Fake news. <laughs> It's okay. not the real newspaper. Okay, Trump. Uh, but yeah, no, that that's the story that cinched it into me. And when I related to the, your statement, um, he has essentially quit ghost hunting because he got that scared. And they asked him why. And it says, you don't fuck with the devil because the devil follows you home. Oh, my gosh. Hey, listen. So whatever was there scared the hell out of this guy. That's craziness. Can we talk about how much I hate the term portal to hell? Well, that's the term they use. He didn't actually use it. He I get said it. He saw but portal. did you go through it? Has anybody ever gone through one of these portals no. to hell? Well, yeah. Not that we know of because we don't know if they came back. I mean, True. but <laughs> that'd be a good reason to leave your equipment, though, right? Well, yeah, but he ran the other way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he didn't actually call it the portal to hell. That's what they called it. Okay. He just said he saw a portal and a figure step out. They called it a portal to hell because satanic rituals were going on there. But I will say this, upon the research of it, a lot of paranormal groups do not go back. Uh, it's not something that they relatively frequent. It's they try to stay away from it, from what I understand of what I read. So this place uh, has got some uh, bad mojo. Yes. There are some people that frequent there, and they say they have kind of like a niche to stay there. Uh, they said apparently the people that were buried there, because there was over 200 grave sites there originally that were just left to stop being a working cemetery but um over 200 grave sites and they say that the people that were laid to rest there are pissed off that their cemetery and their place of rest was desecrated vandalized moved over and said that's the reason why it's got so much activity mm-hmm. it's because of that mm-hmm. whether or not that's true i don't know but they said if you come in there with an open mind and love in your heart, you'll be fine in there. Oh my god. Yeah. But if you come in with ill intentions and you're a bad person, you will be run out. I mean, I kind of feel like that's anywhere. Yeah. But, yeah. It, it, I mean, it leads credence because a lot of ghost hunters say they, they never went back there. So, yeah. at least in the research I've done, they, they said they would not go back. Interesting. And to me, that makes me want to go because why would a ghost hunter say that? Because exactly. Even this ghost hunter Dave, he was a paranormal enthusiast like all of us. Like yeah. he lived that stuff. If and something now he just can quit. run you out to the point that you are just done and throwing the towel. Exactly. I want to know what he saw. Same. I mean, I do and I don't. <laughs> right. Well, it's yeah. kind of one of those things. Like, ah. And yeah. here's the thing. Realistically, like I want to see a kraken, but I don't really want to see a kraken. Right. <laughs> okay. So I find two issues with this story. Uh, not the whole story. Just the paranormal Dave part, right? Uh, hey, first off, and this is a warning to all of our listeners. Uh, if you go to a haunted place, do not go by yourself. Just don't. Yeah. Ever. All right? Mm-hmm. Well, it never said if he was by himself or not. So um, it just said that he ran out. So I don't know if he was with anybody. But yes, you are correct in that. Do not ever go by yourself, especially outside to a graveyard. Joe, if yeah. my dumbass saw something that scared the shit out of me and I dropped $500 worth of equipment on the ground and ran away... You're going to stop and pick up my $500 worth of equipment, probably. No, nah, dude, I grew up in Akron. If you run it, I'm running. True. <laughs> True. 
Something <laughs> <Come> on, <up. laughs> Something has seriously fucked up. I see you take off. I'm running. I'm I mean, that's worrying about a Listen, that's kind of a fair assumption. <laughs> like, okay, well, what if it was Teresa? Then? Yeah, if I take off, you guys are going to go ahead and grab the equipment. No, I see both of you. Uh, listen, I cannot stress this. Enough. No, I'm All saying right. he doesn't run. I run. Yes, I know. But he stays. <laughs> no, I even think if if you ran out of the place screaming and yelling and something scared the hell out of you, he would say he would take care of you first and forget about the equipment. He'd come back for the equipment. Oh no, he wouldn't. But he would leave it there. Not five hundred dollars worth of equipment. You know how uh, fast she moves, bro. When she's scared, like I ain't catching up anyway. I'm just gonna go a, ahead and pick up my shit and then go. Yeah, but I know you. I know you also try to play the hard ass, but you actually do love your wife. So Aww, you would see if she's days. okay first. Some days. So it doesn't take long to bang down and pick shit up, bro. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, if, if you're with a group and you see something that legitimately scares somebody yeah. and you know the backstory of it, you're you're gonna be like, what? I don't really understand the idea of something scaring a whole group out anyway. Like, well, I mean, even when we went to Madison, well, the curator I, said that. The whole group got ran out. And never, ever wanted to come back, so right. that they would literally never be back. I I mean, I understand what was said, and I'm not really debating that, but, like, if if I... And when we have larger groups, right, we tend to break up. Like, we don't yeah. we don't have six people walking around one part of the building at a right. time. Like, it's True. just... That's asinine. You're not really going to get anything yeah, that way, in yeah. my opinion. Too much so noise. We break up, right? So... Like, I can't imagine, so like, say you and Teresa were investigating together, and me and, say, Matt were investigating yeah, yeah, yeah. together. Like, Shout if, out to Matt. if Matt and I had an issue in this room and something freaked me out, like, yeah, sweet ass, I'm going to the car, maybe, <laughs> I guess. No. I guess that would be the worst I would ever be scared out of the I, place. I mean, But yeah. you two are immediately going to be like... We need to investigate that room and see if something happened. Well, you know what I mean. Like, how does it scare a whole group out at one time? Well, see, that's <laughs> random bang. So um, I, mean, I, think, I think that the point that we're that, that that we might be getting at here is the fact that it very much seemed as if um, Matt might have been there by himself. Is it was that his name, Matt? Dave. Mike? Dave. Dave. Ghost Dave. Dave. How could you guys forget that ghost hunting? Dave? I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, ghost hunting Dave. There we go. <laughs> And if, one way or the other, if that was the case, yes, never investigate alone. Yes. And it really doesn't have, some of it has to do with the fact that, you know, you want somebody to be there who can back up the story about what you saw. Right. That way, it's not just plain fiction being thrown out by you alone. Yes. But, but outdoor places like a cemetery, it's also just a safety issue. Any, yeah, any places, exactly. not even just outdoor, any places, period. If you trip over something or you're in an old abandoned building and something collapses in on you or something shitty like that, you need somebody to be there they can help you or at least call and for help. We're talking to the novice ghost hunters out there that are just getting into it. Yes. Don't ever go by yourself. Yeah, it's, not, it's just not safe. I know you see those YouTube videos and TikTok videos of people going out by themselves because there are a lot of people it just happens. going out by themselves. It happens. Don't do it. Yeah, please it, don't it's, do that. Um, I know you may think you're you're going to be all right, but in the off chance that you're not, exactly. it's good to have that. Much and, like yeah. everything else in ghost hunting. Yeah. <laughs> It's only all right till it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's only like boring till it's not. Then it's certainly not boring. That's yeah. that's. I, th I feel like that's with everything, though. I mean, the, but the last thing that I want is to you know open up uh, Google News and hear about 
you know, someone who decided to go ghost hunting in an abandoned building and a friggin' stairwell collapses and they were all by themselves, right. so they laid there and died. Right. Like, that would be... Because ain't nobody coming. That would be just the most awful thing I can think of. So just please, please be smart, be safe. Yeah, but as far as I can tell with the cemetery, it seems to be definitely haunted. Mm-hmm. And challenge the noise isn't that far away. Sounds like a super challenge to me. Like, yeah. I've I've been able to sleep in almost every cemetery I've ever gone to. Yeah, and <laughs> that's also part of the reason why I chose the story, because you did say that, and even Summer said that on the yeah. bar yeah. podcast, that most cemeteries aren't. Well, I mean, why would so, you want to hang out in a boneyard? You know, I mean, there's got to be a place that you love well, that if you're going is, to be... an old cemetery. Yeah, but that's the thing is you don't pass away in the cemetery. So yeah. what attachment do you have to the cemetery? And that's where the... If you were going to be a ghost... in with the satanic rituals that maybe somebody unknowingly, because mm-hmm. in uh, the 60s and yeah. 70s that was prevalent and it was big. Potentially So maybe unknowingly brought something out of whatever yeah so what you would be saying is that whatever haunts that cemetery in fact may or may more likely is not what you would consider a ghost yeah something yeah, that, that's else. just me th- i don't know for sure that's just me throwing it off that's <laughs> theorizing yeah. i understand that's um, what we do but yeah, yeah it could have been unknowingly brought forth by someone yeah you know, screwing around and not knowing what they're doing and accidentally oh, doing it. okay so because that does actually happen i'm gonna go ahead and toss in a little bit of a story from uh, at work today actually well let's pause for just a second though because i just do want to make one quick point about your 70s thing all right um we really have to be careful what we label satanic true yeah but i mean that was pr- that stuff yeah but was so was magic the gathering well yeah but i'm saying <laughs> that's when it started to come to a head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's I, why I referenced it. I, I really wanted to make a point about that, though, because uh, one of my coworkers, um, who I like her a lot, she's awesome, she's super awesome, um, but she said something to me today that kind of, uh, kind of made me think. So apparently there was um, someone who who she's got a bit of an issue with. I don't know what the issue is. I wouldn't disclose it even if I did know, because that's her business, not mine. But she had asked me, and I think I think she asked me because she knows I'm an investigator. Um, so maybe she just assumed that I would know more about, you know, other things, not just ghosts. Yeah. So she says to me, you know, what if I were, you know, would you be able to sort of cast a spell or something like that to inflict, you know, harm or bad luck or something along those lines on someone who is a personal enemy of yours? Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. That is absolutely a thing. If you believe in that, it is a thing. Um, however, karma is a bitch. And when you are doing things that that can directly affect another human being, uh, every single thing that you put out there, it's going to come back at you. And and the, the rule of three, the rule of three is the big one here. You throw it out, it's going to come back at you threefold. And you do not want karma having something over your head, my friends. So just, just don't. Witchcraft is not for petty bullshit. It's All not. Right? And like I said in the text when we talked about this earlier, if you are into petty bullshit, you'll get it in spades. Exactly. <laughs> so Merry Christmas. You do it to yourself. And I'm not saving you. I mean, you reap what you sell. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, I love to continue. That's the end of my story. I love it. It was a really great story. That cemetery is fascinating, honestly. So, um, my story focuses on 
uh, a place with many, many, many names. So it was the Bartonville State Hospital. It was the Illinois Asylum for the Incurably Insane. It was the Peoria State Hospital. Um, but we will, we will simply call it the Peoria State Hospital. No. Um, so the area that it was on um, was a psychiatric hospital that was operated by the state of Illinois from 1902 until 1973. It was located in Bartonville in Illinois, which is right outside of Peoria in Peoria County. So the hospital grounds actually consisted of 63 separate buildings all in all, totaling at the end of its lifespan. Yeah. Um, all of them were listed uh, as, as one giant thing, as um, a national historic district rather than just one building being on the National Historical Registry. No. So it's a sort of district. Um, construction began in 1895. Uh, the main building was finished in 1897. It was a big, sort of scary, sort of feudal castle-type building. And that... Big hula Yeah, that really didn't, didn't mesh with what they were wanting to do as far as like in that time new modern psychological medication and and treatment of patients they they really didn't want it to be some big scary castle asylum despite the fact that it was in fact an asylum so despite the fact that they spent a lot of money to build this building it was literally never stepped foot in nobody ever used it it's that um now you can talk about a whole lot of different ghost stories and whatnot where they're saying, oh, well, the reason this building sat empty is because of the spirits from the land and, you know, the spirits of the people who owned the property and blah, 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 blah. Uh, the real reason is actually because um, it was built over a series of mine shafts um, and the structural integrity of the building was shit straight from the get-go. Kind of like sinkholes and all that. Yeah, it was bad. Okay. It was bad. So the building actually ended up in um <clears throat> so sorry uh the building actually ended up being uh completely raised and just rebuilt altogether um for this one uh they actually built it in sort of like a cottage style uh mind you the main building was humongous so it wasn't like you know a little one bedroom cottage or anything um but uh this this cottage style plan um, is what actually stands there to this day. That was completed in 1902 along with an entire cottage system of, at that time, originally 33 buildings. They included patient housing, caretaker housing, there was a store, there was a power station, there was a communal building that had like laundry and a bakery and a kitchen. In 1906... So it was a thriving community. Yeah, it was like a whole shebang all, all on its... Could stand alone basically. Uh, in 1906, they actually opened up a portion to train uh, psychiatric nurses, um, and this had been a thing from 1906 all the way on. But it didn't super take off until uh, the hospital participated in a, a departmental affiliate program with the state of Illinois no. that actually was <laughs> designed to train psychiatric nurses. Uh, that ended up coming from like other regional general nursing schools sort of all over the state and um that lasted 
shit clear up till 1969 no so like they had really great training programs it was really nice yeah um when this first started mind you um and this is actually where it ended up getting its name so in 1907 when that nursing program first began before it even came a big thing they were calling the place the illinois general hospital okay so after general hospital for the insane but yeah a generic name exactly and in 1909 is when it got its final name of peoria state hospital and they actually named it after the city of Peoria, despite the fact that it wasn't, it was not actually in that city. No. Because it was very, very close to that city, but it also was in Peoria County. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so, the, I want to say it was 1927 was the 25th anniversary of the hospital. At that time, there were a total... Of 13,510 patients who had been in the hospital over the course of its 25 years. At that moment, there was a current population of 2,650. Um, during all of this time, Dr. Zeller, who was the main doctor who led the entire thing, uh, this man was actually seriously, seriously respected um, for therapeutic efforts. So he thought that, like, you know, the public should better understand mental health. So he would even actually, like, invite just members of society to just come check out the hospital, hang out, have dinners. Newspaper reporters would be invited to come and do little stories and and whatnot about the hospital, like all kinds of cool stuff. So it wasn't quite as ucky as some hospitals you hear about. Uh, With that said, though... A lot of really horrible shit still happened there. You still had the lobotomies. You still had hydrotherapy. You still had electroshock therapy. Because at the time, this is just the stuff they thought was going to heal people. Right. And it was this man's effort, this Dr. Zeller's effort, to rehabilitate these people as opposed to a lot of mental hospitals at the time were just locking people away in concrete rooms and leaving them there for the rest of their life. And that was that. Let's see how they react. Exactly. <laughs> so there were... A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of deaths um, due to, obviously, those nasty, nasty experiments, let alone the fact that uh, the vast majority of the patients that ever entered the place did not leave the place living because at that point, people who were clinically insane, they they just put them in a room and let them die. for society. Exactly. So at its peak in the 1950s, uh, Bartonville housed over 2,800 patients. Um, in 1972 is when uh, it announced that it was going to close. Uh, the patient census dropped to about 600 people. Uh, after it closed, uh, the building obviously completely empty, uh, and it was auctioned off to um, a developer by the name of Winsley Durant Jr., who then proceeded to go bankrupt. <laughs> so nothing good happened to that poor man. Uh, then it was... Um, it was <clears throat> bought out by another guy who wanted to create office space, and that never happened. And then the building remained empty after that. A lot of the remaining structures were demolished. Uh, some of them were renovated to house commercial and industrial businesses. <coughs> the village of Bartonville uh, established an entire like district based on this place to 
uh, encourage further growth and somebody to come in and develop the property. Uh, the Bowen building, which is the nurses' dorm and college administration buildings, these were all demolished in 2016 uh, to pay off a debt that was owed to the village of Bartonville, which then ended up never actually even being paid off. So <laughs> crazy, crazy shit. Don't so this building. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The yeah. Exactly. Um, one of the things that people talk about is now this building has never. To the best of anyone's knowledge, this building has never been properly investigated. It has been investigated by, you know, your urban urban dwellers who break into places they're not supposed to be. Urban explorers, gotcha. There you go. And they, they do their investigations based off of, you know, can we break in? Right. But it, it's never had a thorough, for real investigation <laughs> done. There's a window that's not broke yet. Yeah, let's see if we can do that. Exactly. Uh, so a lot of of the the talks that you hear are really just sort of whispers about footsteps and doors slamming and voices, and uh, um, you can hear like teapots, like little little teacups, like clinging together, like somebody's doing like a cheers or something, it's something Beauty fun like that. Yeah, exactly. A little Beauty in the Beast situation. There's a candelabra that runs around uh, talking about being our guest, you know, right. that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. So there's there's some really interesting stories about basic just noises and, and lights and people walking past windows even though there's absolutely nobody in the building. No. Um, so hopefully one day we uh, could get somebody who can go in there and actually do a for real investigation and tell us some more about it. I mean, I know a group. I do. I know a group as well. <laughs> well, let's be honest, though. Like, We're not so, that far away from <clears throat> So, as much as we don't like it when people do it that way, there are reasons that there are certain, like, urban explorers and these, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can call them stealth mission groups if you want to be kind about it, but yeah. uh, there's a lot of places that are just boarded up and you just can't get into. Yeah. And it's not even so much that you just can't get into, but trying to even find the right people to get a hold of to, to even attempt to yeah. gain access exactly. is which I'm working on haystack, yeah. which I'm working on very hard with something else right at the moment uh, should be like two things that you're working on like kind of in the same area yes correct uh, from what I from I so I ended up actually emailing the wrong people but those uh, for the people, one the one we discussed before. So those people directed me to the correct people. So I mean, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I was super excited about that. So yeah, at least it came out. Um, we will we will discuss this not on air because this is not something that um, <laughs> we yeah. have a secret, guys. This isn't something people are allowed in, and we're just trying real real hard to get it that way. So yeah. Anyway. No, we just discussed it on air. <laughs> I didn't tell them where. Anyway, so there is actually a really interesting story of a haunting that has been. Um, extraordinarily well documented at this state hospital um not even just by like passerbys but also by dr zeller himself while he was still there and dr zeller actually the one you're talking about right yeah now? yeah okay. peoria state hospital my story yeah and um well we veered so it's just <laughs> yeah no i'm back on track sorry you're welcome <laughs> exactly um oh Peoria State Hospital may have been actually uh, investigated by the Atlantic Paranormal Society. I did not recall that happening. But okay then. Anyway, 
So... Did you just squirrel yourself? She did. I did. I'm so sorry. Totally squirreled that. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Zeller, like I said, who was the guy who like opened the hospital to begin with, he was the main doctor, there was um, a patient who actually worked on the burial crew of the hospital, so he was the one that would help, you know, do and enter the the other patients who had passed away on the property. His name was uh, Manuel uh, Bookbinder, um, and they gave him a nickname of Old Book. That that was what they called That's him. A horrible nickname. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So old reliable. <laughs> up until his inevitable death on the property, he was the one who helped to bury. <laughs> others and it was said that every single time there was a funeral where he would dig the grave and help enter the body and you know get things all prepared um old book would actually go stand by an old elm tree that was in this potter's field where they were burying people and he would lean up against the tree and he would sob just absolutely sob for the departed um very the man felt he yeah. felt very very strongly so even if he didn't know these people it really affected him no. and that's why he chose to continue to do this because it was something that he felt he was doing good work paying him off exactly so um after he passed away obviously they had his funeral over three thousand people attended his funeral wow. including every single doctor and nurse and most of the patients who could actually go outdoors right. um, at the time of his death. The rest were looking out the window. Exactly. Licking the window while looking out it, I'm sure. Uh, that was awful. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, <laughs> during his yeah, funeral, um, someone actually pointed out um, a man standing <laughs> over by uh, that old tree that old elm tree who appeared to be crying no and when you know the group of these some almost three thousand uh people are like you know figuring out like what are you seeing what are you seeing and they all kind of look and the whole crowd went completely silent and they actually saw the figure of a man standing over by that tree and they could hear him sobbing hmm. and it happens um all the time, all the time. Quite a lot. So that this has happened a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. So you got to start planning for it. <laughs> unfortunately, um, of course they were like, "Yeah, that's that's you that's know the whole book." Who's who's doing that? That's bullshit, right? So before they actually put his casket into the ground, they actually opened it up to check and make sure his body was in it, hmm. because they were like, "This can't be real." Well, his body was in it. No, it it really was his his spirit over there uh, doing what it always did. And then it happened at literally every single funeral after his passing as well, where they would see this man and hear him crying over over the departed. Um, eventually, um, they decided that they were going to tear the tree down uh, to make room for more graves in no. that field. Um, well, they, they attempted it. They attempted it. But... They were hearing shouting and sobbing coming from seemingly inside the tree itself. Hmm. And this basically just scared everybody off. And they were like, nope, we're not touching it. We're going to leave that tree right where it stands. (laughs) Um, 
over the years, many, many years, obviously this was like 100 freaking years ago, um, the tree actually did succumb to some damage during a storm and it fell down. Um, But even to this day, you can hear him out there by the side of that old elm tree um, crying. And yeah. So really interesting stuff. Yeah. So poor old book still mourns even to this day. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And they actually call it, um, says, uh, da, 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 let me see here, doing uh, the Dr. Zeller did two tenures as the superintendent from 1902 to 1935. Uh, Zeller actually officially wrote down his account of old book and what they call the graveyard elm. Alright. Mm-hmm. Neat stuff, huh? Nice. I like it. It's yeah. a little heartwarming kind of thing. In a, a sad way. In but. a sad way. In a very sad <laughs> way. But yeah, so I thought that was a good story. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So then I wouldn't we, mind investigating a hospital. I think that would be pretty cool. I know, right? Well, I mean, a mental asylum, too. I mean, all the craziness that went down there, you know? Yeah. So, dear sir, would you like to tell us your story? I will. Um, I feel like we've gotten off track quite a bit tonight. We have. So, ladies, gentlemen, we apologize. This is just one of those ones that you're probably going to have to consider a thick sode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure where you were going with the that. The thick sode went a little over on time, or probably likely will, because my story also is not super short. So. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Illinois jumped the shark, so they kind of deserve long stories. That's right. <sighs> Illinois did uh, jump the shark, so. so they got like the first hour and a half thick sewed going. They get a good here. story. <laughs> I don't know about that whole. Okay. No, it's not that. I was mm-hmm. say, we've been going for an hour and a half. It doesn't feel like it. Not even close. You threw me off the hour, actually. I don't know. It feels. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't get on with your story, it will be an hour. And a half. All right. So, uh, let me get on with my story then. Uh, <laughs> Crenshaw House. Oh yeah, I heard about this. Hickory one. Hill. The Old Slave House. All names given to one of the most haunted locations in what will prove to sit ironically in the town of Equality, Illinois. Mm. That's... Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. John Hart Crenshaw bought thousands of acres of land and also owned a sawmill and three salt furnaces used for processing. Mm. Uh, a couple of saline springs, along with the Saline River... Uh, that was a very, very wealthy man, I'm guessing. ...made this southeast Illinois location oh, ideal. Uh, the river was even connected to the house, which was used for what many believe were horrendous crimes. Again, this will all point back to the irony of this being in a location known as Equality, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of figured to play on words there. Crenshaw. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, the town was that before. Yeah. Crenshaw <laughs> uh, built his house in the 1830s. It was constructed in the classic Greek style with large columns, a balcony, and three stories. Uh, though it looks charming on the outside, what may or may not have gone in, on inside the walls were absolutely horrendous. Uh, Though slavery was not technically legal in the land of Lincoln at this time, uh, Crenshaw was one of just few residents of the state who was licensed to keep slaves. Uh, The justification that Illinois had in doing this was that the work was so difficult that not enough free white men were willing to do it. (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> uh, Crenshaw obviously made a good deal of money since he didn't have to pay wages, mm. uh, but his greed didn't stop with the few slaves that he had legally owned. Um, as a member of what would be known as the Reverse Underground Railroad, he was responsible for kidnapping black families on the Underground Railroad, who he then either sold back into slavery or kept as one of his laborers. Yeah. Um, some of these slaves were kept in Illinois in order to work the salt tracks owned by Je Mr. Crenshaw. Uh, the attic of the house was rumored to be a torture chamber where Crenshaw would shackle slaves into makeshift cells and whip them. Uh, rumors of ghosts in the attic began in the 1800s, but horrifyingly, unbeknownst to the locals, the strain moans they heard were actually coming from very much alive slaves. Uh, perhaps that was the cruelest irony. Um, it was these events that led to the Crenshaw House becoming the most haunted house in Illinois and certainly one of the scariest in the nation. Uh, the attic of the place is divided into cells with barred windows and there is evidence of the wall uh, on the walls of chains that were used to hold people captive. Um, now let's talk about the laws themselves at the time. Slavery had been banned in the Northwest Territory since 1787, but settlers complained and threatened to leave for Missouri where it was still legal. As a result, those already owning slaves were allowed to keep them. And in 1805, uh, the Illinois legislature, or no, I'm sorry, the Indiana legislature, which at the time governed Southern Illinois, made an exemption to keep slavery legally legally eh, to keep slavery legal for the production of salt a value commodity needs of the business right uh, in 1880 upon its admittance to the union the state of Illinois signed on to ban slavery as was required to become a state of the union but once again the salt exception remained uh, as it was a job so dreadful that you couldn't find enough whites willing to do it. The industry was given until 1825 to finally replace the slaves. Jesus. To what? 1875? Uh, yes. Okay. For a second there, my brain thought you said 1975. I'm like, damn. Oh, no. Right, 1825. I'm sorry. 25. Okay. Uh, now, uh, that said, let's go jump... Jump ahead like a century here, and we'll get into the uh, short and skinny of the house. Uh, in the 1920s, the Sisks uh, began to have visitors from outside of the area. Uh, they would come to the door just about any hour and request a tour of the place. Uh, having heard about it from local waitresses at the gas station, uh, or oh, I'm sorry, local waitresses or a gas station attendant as they were passing through. Uh, the old slave house, thanks to savvy, adver savvy advertising, became a destination point for travelers and tourists um, that the owners began charging an admission in 1930. Uh, for just a dime or a nickel, if you were a child, uh, you could tour the place where slavery existed in Illinois, as the road signs pointed out. Wow. Now they're going to make money off of the... F oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a twisted place, right? Uh, shortly after the house became a tourist attraction, visitors began reporting that strange things were happening in the place. Uh, they complained of odd noises in the attic, especially noises like the sounds of cries, whimpers, and even rattling chains. Uh, 
A number of people told of uncomfortable feelings in the slave quarters like sensations of intense fear, sadness, or being watched. Uh, they also told of cold chills, being touched by invisible hands, and feeling unseen figures brush past them. Wow. That's uh, a lot. The rumored hauntings had little effect on tourist tra- traffic, and if anything, the stories brought more people to the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, other legends soon began to attach themselves to Hickory Hill. The most famous is the story that no one could spend the entire night in the attic. Uh, that story got started because of an incident involving a ghost chaser from Benton named Hickman Whittington, uh, who planned to put the ghost of the house to rest. Uh, years passed, and despite many attempts, no one managed to spend the entire night in the attic of the old slave house. Thrill seekers had a habit of running from the house long before daybreak. Eventually, the practice was ended because, uh, as George Sisk informed later, uh, a small fire got started one night by an overturned lantern, and after that he turned down requests for the light light ghost hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He only relented on one occasion after that. In 1978, he allowed a reporter from Harrisburg named David Rogers to spend the night in the attic as a Halloween stunt for the local television station. The reporter managed to beat out the nearly 180 previous challengers and became the first person to spend the night in the slave quarters in more than a century. Rogers later admitted that he was queasy going into the house and he also said that his experience in the attic was anything but mundane. He heard sounds, voices, was touched multiple times, um, and again, just things that he could not identify. And later he would discover that his recorder picked up voices that he himself could not hear. That's awesome. Uh, so that's kind of the story of hmm. old Hickory Hill. That's kind of disappointed that dude did it. I wanted to be the first one. Right, right. Okay. Um, from, that's pretty awesome. From though. everything right. that I've read in most recent times, it seems like one of those places where uh, if you were a local ghost paranormal team to the area... You might be able to get in, right? Um, no, not you think that it's you, the opposite. You might be able to pick up the property. Like it's state owned right uh, now. Okay, okay. But it is also falling down. So it's one of those places where if you drove by and you had a reasonable offer to put in on it, no, uh, I'll fix it up. Yeah. Right. But yeah. again, uh, Southern Illinois is not a close drive for me. So no, no, no I'm not going to really. be making not in my cards. No. Yeah. No, yeah. mine was right, like, I think they said it was, like, 10 miles away from Wrigley Field. So if oh, we ever go, nice. we can pick up a baseball game. Oh, <laughs> that was one of the ones Dude. that I was going to do. Because, yeah. uh, so, actually, I'm kind of surprised that you didn't do it. Uh, apparently, uh, your Cedar Point, out of the few reviews that I got, your Cedar Point stories were a hit. Yeah, super. I read that <laughs> one, too, actually. People, yeah. So uh, Alex had a conversation with someone who um, is rather important in our field, actually. Um, Which I'll just, we'll hold on to that for now. Yeah, but uh, said person commented that he heard that episode and was just recently at Cedar Point and very much enjoyed uh, your story. He had even stayed at the Historic Hotel. He previously, yeah, he previously stayed at that Historic Hotel before they tore it down. Mm -hmm. Where did it, on Facebook? 
What? No. Uh, no, no this is a guy that I'm personally talking to. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, person <laughs> who you are. But, but <laughs> the point is, so uh, I was kind of, well, I was surprised one of us didn't go with Wrigley Field. Because it's another one of those weird off the wall places. No, no, no. I'm ah. just I'm one of those people though that like you know how I am with baseball. I love baseball. Me and baseball have got a history. Uh, you know, my brother was damn near in the majors until he snapped his ankle. Um, Boy, like this episode was... is all about you and your family tonight, isn't oh, it? Oh, shut up. Uh, anyway, uh, love baseball. <laughs> Would absolutely love to see a game played at Wrigley Field before I kick the bucket. Yeah, that'd be cool. So maybe we'll make a trip of it next summer. Uh, listen, I was always down for Wrigley Field until the Cubs beat the Tribe in 2016 in the World Series. And yeah, but that they, was... they broke their 100-and-something game losing streak, but that made me spiteful because yeah, we they... still have like a 75-year losing streak going on. Yeah, well, so. I mean, you know. Stupid ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. but that's, that's cool that you know somebody actually commented on the story that we did. So that, that's awesome. Uh, um, you'll you'll really like it too because this is not just. We'll talk later something. about that. Okay, off air for now. It's beautiful stuff, it, we, and we will reveal this to you guys because hopefully it'll get even cooler. Right. Anyway, let's look the website. Who is next week? <laughs> next week is not a state. <laughs> Not a state? What? No. Next week is not a state. Oh, we already it's talked about special. Yes. Next week oh. is a Halloween special. So what I want you to do oh. is I want you to give me your craziest, spookiest, whateveriest story that you can find. Okay, this one time I went to a strip club. And <laughs> okay, this is starting off scary. Was no, it called the that. Peppermint Hippo? I right. just have to know. Shout out to the Peppermint Hippo. You guys have a great name. <laughs> already then? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm dying. You know, but okay. no, like I don't, I don't know that I have like a specific direction, but I just I want the most outlandish stories next week, right? For, since the but Halloween. but we're sticking to true stories, correct? Yeah, or are we or at least alleged true. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was just I don't know that we, we could really confirm any of these. Yeah, other than, yeah, yeah. We're a paranormal podcast. So, I mean, you know, yeah, you could definitely make the argument that, you know, nah. Unless but. you literally find, like, an amazing folklore story and you disclaimer it folklore at the start of your go, then yeah, like... Oh, I will. I will do my best to find something absolutely terrifying. It was Loki. Yeah. That was Loki, Matt. Yeah. He groaned, <laughs> old man, you know. But I, yeah, I'll look up a spooky story for Halloween. I absolutely love it. So next week we will do a spooky Halloween episode. Maybe we'll even find some cool little like uh, noise graphics or whatever that we can throw in there. We'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. There we you go. shall see. We'll dress up like the you know Scooby Doo gang. Not like <laughs> you guys can see it because it's a podcast, <laughs> but that's okay. It'll just be for fun. Old or, man Jenkins. Yeah, right. Or maybe we won't do a podcast next week. Yeah, we will. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll see how you are. We don't have the money. <laughs> no. Or yeah. the time, actually. I can Wait, find what time. was your brilliant <laughs> idea? Have the money. Doing a what can podcast thing. Oh. I mean, we'll see. Hey, we don't have the time. Eventually, we're going to have to yeah. try this oh, out, right? What yeah. if we just tell really, really scary stories in a cemetery on video for the podcast? Um, We're in Ohio. Okay, so it's going to be a little chilly, but I mean, it was like also you can't today. upload video to Podbean, so yeah. like you're going to have to rip the audio and video. You know what? 
No. We'll say, you know what, guys? We love you. We'll give you a podcast next week that's nice and spooky, and we'll work on the video part later. (laughs) (laughs) I deal with this every week, guys. (laughs) We really want to do, like, big, grandiose We have grand ideas. They'll come. I promise. They will come. Just just, I don't know when. The effort is there. The time and the money is not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that's okay. That's okay. What you guys can do for us is just listen and share. Listen um, and share and follow and like. Yes. And subscribe on we, whatever platform you use. Speaking of which, what socials do we use? So we are on Facebook at No Lights Paranormal. We also have No Lights Para or No Lights Ghosts on X. Uh, and we are at No Lights Paranormal at gmail.com. Uh, please look us up, share with your friends. No, no, nothing that you share or like. We don't make a, a single cent off of any of this. We do it because we absolutely friggin' love it. Yeah. With that said, though, the equipment that we are looking to purchase to make this better is actually going to be funded by things like t-shirts or we have the No Lights Paranormal aprons. Right now we have some really nice looking water bottles that were engraved with our logo. Yeah. Uh, we are posting those on the Facebook page. Uh, for sale, so I'm also um, trying some candles. Just give me some time to get the scents and make them. Right. Yes, Joe's gonna make us some candles that are gonna have the no lights, and they're actually made by Joe. This isn't stuff that like he bought at a store. Yeah, we got. I'll, I'll work with you. We got to test some scents for uh, like a haunted. Scent. I have fireside and pumpkin spice. Ooh, those are cool for normal. Well, we got to do haunted scents. Bro. Let's see if we can do the it pumpkin like spice. Was I mean the fireside chat kind of fit with the whole podcast thing? That's true. Um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> So but yeah, yeah guys, and and we're I mean we're talking really reasonable prices too. So like we're not we're not charging an arm and a leg. We don't want to get rich. We just want to buy a camera and do some web webcasting. Mostly we want to see you have enjoyment out of the stuff that we sell you guys. Exactly because we love it so much and we share it with you and we want you to love it too. So yeah, we don't want to be rich and famous. We just want to have some fun with some ghost stories. Yeah, we're not Doja Cat over here. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like you guys, as well as many people that listen to us every week, are going to be severely disappointed if I don't have like the most banging fucking story about the Baba Yaga next week. Oh, you don't even know. Bro, I let go of my expectations for stuff a long time ago. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, we have crested the hour mark. I have let you know about the socials. Please do not forget to visit us at No Lights Paranormal on Facebook.com. Uh, if you feel so inclined to own a piece of our merchandise, I will start listing it for you uh, at super, super ridiculously reasonable prices. Um, and, yeah, if you need anything, let us know. If you find any cool stories, let us know. If you want to talk on the podcast about your experiences, let us know. Absolutely. Yeah. We love you. Share us so that we can share you. Exactly. And as always, don't fuck with the Baba Yaga. You made it weird. <laughs> Night-night, guys. We love you. See you, guys.